0: Welcome, appraisers. I am Joan Trice, your host of the Appraisal Buzz podcast. And today we have a friend of mine, Jordan Petkovsky, who is the chief valuation officer at Mueller Report. So welcome, Jordan. How are you?
1: Doing great, Joan. Thank you so much for having me. It's, It's great to be here with you.
0: Well, the last time I saw you was at Valuation Expo so uh, in Vegas, not too many months ago. So let's actually kind of lead off with a panel that you were on about, it was a debate to inspect or not to inspect, sort of a Shakespearean hypothetical question. So what happened?
1: Well, it was better than a Shakespearean tragedy, at the very (laughs) least. You know, I I think it was a a very spirited discussion with great points being brought up by both sides. Um, Myself and John Brennan were representative of the side that was pro-bifurcation, but I I also think that it was important for us to communicate uh, that our beliefs uh, aren't solely uh, focused on bifurcation as the end-all, be-all solution for all appraisal problems. But you know, another flavor, um, another another offering that allows the appraisers uh, a new way of doing business. So, I, you know, the the conversation was really great. I thought that there was a lot of positive feedback from the appraisers that were represented during the the discussion. It, it was interesting to see how much the the mindset of the appraiser has shifted over the past decade when it comes to utilizing a bifurcated workflow. When we first started this uh, at, at Mueller, yeah, it was very new, and not a lot of appraisers were uh, in agreement with the process, and not a lot of appraisers uh, really understood how it could benefit them. And you know, fast forward a few years, especially post-pandemic, um, as a result. Well, that's of, what that I was going to ask day.
0: you. I mean, didn't COVID sort of accelerate the fact that yeah, you know, they better accept it or? Um you know, that might be all the work that that was out there during that particular initial phase.
1: Yeah, COVID was awful, Joan, I think for everybody. But as far as moving the needle, when it comes to the perspective of being able to do things at your desktop, versus, you know, going out in the field in the way that we had done it for so long on every single transaction, I, I think really assisted in, in getting folks comfortable with the idea of doing something new.
0: Yeah, I I couldn't agree with you more. So on the Other side of the argument, who represented the pro appraiser doing the, I think it was Matt Simmons and Brian
1: Reynolds, I believe.
0: What were some of the points they made sort of on the opposite side?
1: You know, what I I found to be most surprising is there weren't um, as many point counterpoint on one side versus the other. Once we got down into the details, I, I think all of us communicated to the audience that it just depends. You know there are circumstances where the appraiser should be the one inspecting the property but there are also circumstances where you know based on low observable risk and complexity going into the transaction um, it might not always be necessary no different than what we've seen with some of the other product offerings coming out of the enterprises so it, it, I don't think that they presented information that was entirely countervailing to the opinions presented by John Brennan and myself. I think what we realized is, you know, there's actually a lot more commonality of cause when you get into the, the nuts and bolts of it. And the
0: details, um, yeah. I
1: think we found that, you know, the, there's some huge benefits to allowing appraisers to manage some of their pipeline utilizing a desktop only or a desktop Plus inspection provided by a third-party workflow, and, and the most notable is as the appraiser population continues to age, and um, becomes it becomes physically more difficult to inspect subject properties. You know this gives uh, appraisers an opportunity to be productive for a lot longer than they would have otherwise been had this process not evolved. Now I think everybody walked away from the conversation with. Um, a positive sense on what this could do for them, especially you know, as they continue to grow professionally.
0: Okay. Jordan, let's break right here for a commercial message. When we come back, let's talk about where you think we are today and where you think we're headed. So Jim, take it away.
2: Looking for better turn times, the ability to automate routine tasks and stay in compliance with your appraisal management process Evo, state-of-the-art appraisal management technology for residential and commercial real estate lenders and AMCs was built with the user in mind. Evo streamlines the appraisal experience with configurable workflow design that automates 100% of routine tasks, alerts you along the way, gives you powerful reports to make timely decisions. It's the only platform in the market with total customizations out of the box without IT development intervention. Find out more at GlobalDMS.com or call 877-866-2747.
0: So, Jordan, let's talk about where we sit today as an appraisal community and what's your crystal ball telling you down the road?
1: Well, um, considering how uh, poorly i performed as a soothsayer over the years, um, I don't know that my crystal ball holds any new truths, but I'd say that I'm more optimistic today than I have been in years past regarding the profession. Um, I see the appraiser population moving towards analyst and professional service provider as opposed to you know a vocational participant. So I, I think it's not, not just you know, the the technology, the new policies and processes that are hitting the profession um, that are offering uh, new outlets for appraisers. But um, I feel like we're starting to see the evolution from us just being, you know a, a, a participant um, out of need to being somebody who's truly valued as far as being able to understand the collateral risk, knowing that we're not at a point where the algorithms can solve every problem. They can be helpful. They can be useful tools, no different than tools that Wall Street traders use on a daily basis to make informed decisions. I, I just feel like the appraiser today has more available to them than they ever have before. And they're positioned to remain in play for a lot longer than I would have anticipated had you asked me the same question a decade ago.
0: Well, and that kind of leads me into the next question about technologies, because we're seeing, especially during the pandemic, technology is really critical for efficiency, accuracy, credibility, uh, access to data, and then access to the tools that analyze that data. I mean, I'm seeing, you know, necessity is the mother of an. Invention, and I, I've seen a lot of interesting things come out of this uh, pandemic. What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I, I think we've all we've all seen um, a pretty remarkable move forward when it comes to the technology that's becoming available to the appraisers and folks that are providing services to the appraiser professional. You know, we're seeing a lot of new entrants on data capture, whether it's standardized applications that allow a third party user to get GLA information or subject property information, including salient features and characteristics. It's also you know, about making sure that the appraiser is able to efficiently move through the report development process. Um, so I, I think there's a lot of mobile technology that has hit and is going to hit the market um, in the coming months and years, and we'll see broader use of that. I also think that you know, based on integrated data services, and a proliferation of new appraisal production software providers. We're seeing more efficient ways um, to consistently develop report findings and benefit from integrated data services as opposed to having to rekey everything. So a lot of the ministerial tasks that appraisers had been responsible for, um, they've really been um, moved off of the, the front shelf. And instead, the appraisers can focus more of their time on analyzing the data selecting comparable sales and and making market-driven adjustments.
0: Excellent uh, summary. So let's take another break, and we'll be right back.
2: Appraisers, what if you can inspect, photograph, and measure a home without leaving yours? With RemoteVal, you get to harness the power of new technology without giving up your process or compromising on quality. With our easy-to-use software, you connect to the homeowner's phone and complete your inspection as you normally would. Remote Val lets you capture high-quality, meta-tagged photos, take accurate measurements, and communicate directly with the homeowner to get the information you need. Remote Val is fast, easy to use, and completely free for appraisers. To see a demo of RemoteVal in action, visit InCenterAM.com.
0: All right. So, Jordan, let's talk about what are the advantages to the appraiser of a bifurcated workflow? I think you've already touched on a few of them, but let's kind of let's drill down. And yeah,
1: one that I don't think is getting a lot of play these days is the the benefit associated with keeping the appraiser truly arm's length from the consumer. So, you know, in years past, you would have an appraiser that would go out and physically inspect the subject property. There was always the potential for suborning of the appraiser by the the borrower, the consumer, somebody who was going to benefit financially from the origination. And by utilizing a third party and intermediary, you tend to take a little bit of, of that connectivity out of the equation. And you you have an opportunity to make it um, somewhat cleaner, especially in today's day and age where there's a lot of focus and concern regarding bias in appraisal practice. So I, I think, you know, not only does it benefit the appraiser and the fact that we are an aging population and it gives them more longevity than they would have otherwise had, it, it really does uh, offer up a cleaner, more arms-length process in a lot of cases. So I, I think you know you've got the ability to get more out of the appraiser population that we have, knowing that we continue to attrit heads on a, a more consistent basis than we're adding heads. But I think it also adds to safety and and soundness. And uh, you know I, I just just like to reiterate again though as is, is you know beneficial as it is as it is. We still don't believe that it is you know, the the single brushstroke to solve all problems. You know, we think that this is something that fits a niche. There is a lot more information that originators and investors have regarding a transaction today than they had 20 years ago when the appraiser was the front line for providing that data. And I think they have, you know, better information to give them guidance on what type of product or service they need to um, continue to mitigate risk. Uh, to their pipelines and and portfolios. So with that in mind, I I just, I feel like what we're doing is adding something new, um, benefiting from modernization that will give appraisers more volume, more to take advantage of in in years to come. And I don't feel like we have to worry about the algorithm taking over right now. You know, I think this is a, a great period to be an appraiser.
0: Excellent. So now I'm going to ask you a hard question. So get ready. So the two primary objections that I hear from appraisers and pretty consistently, frankly, whether it's this product or honestly, any new anything new thrown at them, it's two things. A, I don't trust the source of the data. And B, you're just trying to lower my fee. Hell no. So let's take those one at a time. What are you experiencing and how do you handle the objection um, from the inspection information coming from a third party?
1: Well, I I mean, no different than in any other appraisal problem. The appraiser is the one that has to determine whether or not they have sufficient information to produce credible assignment results. So I I think, you know, when it comes to the, the data coming from a third party, can it be trusted? Can you rely upon it? Um, that's really up to the appraiser. And what we found is allowing more connectivity between a field representative that might be working on on inspecting a subject property and the appraiser that's developing the report findings. You've got the ability to get additional information if necessary. You know, at the end of the day, the, the person inspecting the property is supposed to be acting as the eyes and ears for the appraiser. And if that output isn't sufficient for the appraiser's needs, then the appraiser really has two options to re-engage the individual to provide the additional information that they need or to request that the assignment be escalated from something that's bifurcated to something that's you know, traditional in nature. So, it, it, yeah, it's really it, it, it's up to the appraiser, um, no different than any other transaction the appraiser is managing.
0: So let's talk about fees. So I presume as a company, you guys did some sort of time process analysis to see you know what it took to complete one of these reports from beginning to end and um, came up with a fee I mean I, is was that your process so for our model
1: Joan because we're an appraisal firm and not an appraisal management company we don't engage any independent contractors every appraiser is a W2 employee we pay hourly. Um, so our model is different than some of the other models that are managing a bifurcated workflow. However, they're utilizing independent contractors for inspection as well as appraisal report development.
0: Very interesting. So they get paid yeah. for the work that they do. Right. OK.
1: Every and every hour on assignment. And and Joan, what we found is it, it's not like the, um, the report development after the data has been communicated to the appraiser happens, you know, 10 times faster or 50 times faster. Um, It's just the the data acquisition part of it is no longer a part of the appraiser's responsibility in the traditional sense. So, you know, at the end of the day, in the aggregate, it is a more efficient process. But, you know, it's, it's not atypical for an appraiser to spend hours and hours on the development after they've gotten property condition reports no different than they would have had they gone out and pulled tape themselves.
0: Right, right, exactly. No, I, I get it. That actually makes makes a lot of sense. Well, listen, we're running out of time. By the way, if anybody has any questions or is has interest in doing these, Jordan, how would they um, reach out to you?
1: They can reach out to me directly via email at Jordan J O R D A N dot Petkovsky P E T K O V S K I at Mueller M-U-L-L-E-R-R-E-P-O-R-T S dot com, Mueller com.
0: Well, that was a lot of spelling and a little bit of difficulty. <laughs> <laughs> so um if anybody if anybody has any uh questions they can also reach out to info at appraisalbuzz.com and we'll make sure to pass it along to you Jordan and thank you for joining us today.
2: Thank you so much for having me Jim when was the last time you wanted to work more for less money? The appraisal industry is headed that way. You have to do more for the same money, and now you have less time for yourself. DataMaster can change that. But their easy-to-use software, DataMaster, lets you spend more time analyzing and less time typing. Plus, you get more information than the other data import products. Head to www.datamasterusa.com/slash/buzz for more information and to learn how you can save an hour per report. Thank you so much, Jordan and Joan. We really appreciate your conversation today. It was really insightful. Listeners, thank you so much for joining us as well. If you have anything that you would like to tell us about today's episode, please reach out to us at info at Thanks and have a great day.